Blog Talk Radio. show and before I even introduce this show I would like to start out with a caller that I haven't even spoken with but she's ready she called in to make sure her voice was heard I'm not sure who this woman is but Marty before I introduce the show and do my rant my pro whatever I do disclosures can you please let on the caller um, that you advised is already on and waiting? Yes. Uh, her you. name is Reagan, and she's live. Reagan, Hi. thank you Reagan. so much for calling. Yes. Hi, Reagan. We haven't spoken, <laughs> have we? No, I've never done this before. <laughs> well, thank you for having the courage to call in. Please, as an introduction to what this show is all about, I just care about hearing exactly called in to share with us tonight. Um, I have a son in a Jackie Brandon prison. Um, he was in North Fork first, which we thought was pure hell. But I thought, you know, and at a minimum, things would get better. And from the get-go, it's been the worst. <laughs> um, he, you know, I thought my son may exaggerate a little on some of the things that he was telling me about how they were treated and how, like, the beginning of this COVID, they were handed out masks, you know. Of course, they fell apart within days, and some of the guards would take their mask off and cough up in their face and tell them, you know, where well, you're going to die now, you know, and cause panic okay. in the mall. Um, so they would actually remove the mask from their face, and how, how and like, how close and so, did your son describe like, if he did at all? Like up in their face, like inches away, <laughs> and, and was the and guard wearing a mask? No, he lifted his mask up and did this to them. It was during the time I think Jackie Brennan had two people to run during that time because of panic. Um, I always told my son, you know, even if I don't have money on your phone account, call and at least I know you're okay, or have someone to get a hold of me to let me know you're all right. So he always tried to. Um. He he's never been knocked down, rode up, or anything until recently. They had a new warden brought in, and he's down to level one now with no privileges, no commissary, no anything um, because of a so he, unit man. For our listeners, um, can you just let our listeners know what that is? One level one. Um, this is all still new to me, but apparently, I mean, they get no privileges. I mean, I'm still. I'm still learning the whole prison thing. This wasn't in my plans at all, you know, and so I'm still learning. And if it wasn't for women on a Facebook group that is for the past year that pushed me through this, I, I don't think I could have made it. And, uh, 
I mean, I'm still learning. I can't even get a hold of a manager there, a case manager, to find out certain things. I was told once he didn't have time to talk to me. Um, other times that he didn't do callbacks. Um, I've yet to speak to one until just recent when my son had fell out and unconscious and two guys with he him. He fell had, unconscious? Yes, he fell out unconscious and two guys that was with him had ran to get help and when they had ran to get help one of the guys told them that he really didn't give a shit that um if he died or not okay we have to i we are i i we're on christian radio station um so I'm sorry. we have to that's okay i'm sorry that's, I'm, I'm sure that stephen burke's going to understand but we have to i can't imagine okay. it's I like if, if you never swore in your life this this yeah. will make you swear i get it i, I get it i just I just have to okay. work No, it, we, we want to hear from you. And if I could believe, I would. But just so that you know, it's okay. You're you're totally forgiven. We just have to let our listeners know that. I normally say yeah. that in the beginning. But what better of an intro to have you come on, you know, totally raw, yeah. not ever talking to each other, and um, hearing these emotions. Um, so how old is your son? My son's 27. And he'll be 28 in October. Is Pretty he doing okay? I really don't know yet because it took me forever to even get answers. Um, I had to call the state med, and a woman there had gotten me in touch with the nurse finally after I'd raised all kinds of heck with, you know, calling the case and all them. They wouldn't tell me anything. They kept hiding behind the HIPAA. And... Um, they wouldn't even, t- they, first they told me, oh, he's fine, he's okay. We just seen him yesterday, nothing's happened until I let them know that I knew different. And then they were using the HIPAA to not answer anything. And so I finally got a hold of the state lady. She got me in contact with med. They told me a little bit what was going on. Um, they were doing a COVID test, you know, and I just found out uh, Friday, I guess, that he does have COVID that their hands are tied, they're only allowed to treat with ibuprofen and Tylenol. The, the nurse there, she's a sweetheart. She's doing all she can. She doesn't agree with a lot of things that are going on. Um, that's nice. You know what? And that's nice of you to say that. And it's good to hear that there are people that care on the inside. So, okay. So, so the guard lifting, so the guard lifting the mask, Getting up yes. in the face, saying those things—they're demoralizing. I'm just curious because, and and we have we have a bunch of callers. Uh, we, we already mm-hmm. have other callers waiting. Um, not to mention a lot of things, uh, additional things to share um, that people are asking mm-hmm. to be read. Um, uh, so I, I don't. I'm not going to rush you off here, but I just wanted to mm-hmm. um, uh, ask you because. Unfortunately, we have people that will say, well, you know, he's in prison, so, you know, he's getting what he deserves exactly. or, or whatever the situation. Just can I ask um, if you care to share what kind of offense um, your son is in for? No, he's in for burglary. He's um, in for burglary. It was, yes, there was from a eyewitness, and they were coached kind of along because he had a pass. It's been okay. kind of a mess. <laughs> 
Right. So, so you're not time. claiming that, you know, he's not there to do his time as has been, you, mm-hmm. you know, and come and then come out and right. You're not trying to claim anything. No, I'm not saying he needs to pay for the things he's done. I, I totally agree. It's made him uh-huh. a better person in the long run because he's seen how things are. Um, but this, how they're treated, like being told that they're not going to test them, they're not wasting a test on them. You know, they cost too much, things like that. It's it's, it's not right, you know. Um, they come in the middle of the night taking their clothes that we just sent them, um, let them order You're stuff not- on, off the commissary, and then come after it's been ordered to take it from them. Uh, it's just one thing after another, you know. And the guy that called me to tell me about my son, you know, he's very ill and he can't get help. And they had another guy to fall out unconscious there just shortly after. And okay, medical is not following through, even though you have a nurse who cares. They're trying, but they're just their hands are tied and they're limited on what they can do. I mean, right, so they, who, who is it that's limited? Do you feel that it is medical, or do you feel that it is the uh, warden is limiting them, or what's the feeling, or what are you being told how they're limited? Um, the medical's being limited as what I've, okay. you know, from what I'm getting, they're, they're trying, you know, and um, they're limited in what they can do okay. and by DOC. Okay. And by DOC. Okay. May I All right. And... <laughs> Go ahead, Tina. Absolutely. I, I'm sorry, Tanya. Um, first of all, the cuss words you said came out of the guard's mouth. The guard was saying, he didn't right. care yeah. if he lived right. or died, you know. Right. So, just I mean, that's horrible. These are human yeah. beings. Um, and a level one is when you get your. There's four different levels. Level mm-hmm. one is when you get everything taken away, and level four is um, the most privileges. Yeah, and he so. went from that to level one within a day's time. Mm-hmm. So now, but. can I can I ask you something? Um, yes. Can I ask you? Was your son in there prior to the COVID outbreak? Yes, he he was there prior to to the COVID, and not long before, he did say um, that there had been some guys brought in from one of the prisons that were closed down that two had had it and they they let them in with the rest of them before they even you know took notice to it and so everyone that was transported with them and then these guys were also exposed to it and then just like i want to say maybe three weeks ago it seems to be um there was a guy in his unit that got really ill he said he looked bad mama he said he looked really bad and they came and got him and he also had COVID. So um, he was in the unit with these guys, and uh, he said it was heck trying to get them to even acknowledge they were sick. You know, if they didn't run a temperature or anything like that, they didn't even, you know, wouldn't allow them to be tested. And like my son, he didn't have a temperature. He just was unconscious, dehydrated and things, and um, that's the only way he got it because he fell out twice. So, okay, can I ask you, did the nurse say anything about the policy actually prohibiting care, about their policy? No, with the, with the no she didn't. 
No, she's, she told me there was a deputy warden that I needed to talk to. That this deputy warden was also kind of tired of the things that were going on and how some of the case managers were treating them. Um, she, you know, she, she kind of just was limited on certain things she'd say just because, you know, her job and she really did care. Like she went out of her way to call me to let me know how my son was. She, you know, I just begged her and the woman at state, just let me know he's okay, you know? And um, so they got things where they could tell me and uh, they, they've witnessed and seen some of the things themselves. That's what she told me that she said, you know, we had to be on a medical list, which they got that taken care of for me. And uh, okay. if I had any concerns to call her, you know, because I wasn't getting anywhere anyway else. Okay. Oh. All right. Can I ask you about a Perry? Is there a Perry yes. there? Yes. Ms. Is that Perry. a case manager? She's a unit manager, apparently, from what I got. Um, yeah, she she's not real well liked there. Um, she's the one I'm pretty sure that knocked my son down to the level because she came in in the middle of the night and was harping on him about a shirt. He had one shirt left. And because when they would send their clothes to laundry, they get them back. They might not. They might be dispersed between all of them. And he had one shirt left. Um, so he would rinse it in the sink and hang it on a hook they had there in their prison cell and uh, to dry. So he didn't have one to sleep in that night because that one was drying. And she came in and started in on him early in the morning. I'm knowing my son, he gets aggravated when he's woke up. <laughs> and um, right. so they knocked him down for that. And I'm not sure what all, but I know a lot of them, you know, has had issues with her. And she's, you know, mocked them and, you know, called them crybabies and just all kinds of things. Just, oh, really? Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of like they're they're trying to, it's not even poking the bear. It's just, it's taunting. It, it sounds oh, like it's taunting. And, yeah. and uh, just give me, give me an excuse to write you up. Yeah, it's kind of like right. in the during the time the protests were going on, I was I was like concerned, thinking, okay, it's going to be going on in the prisons as well. I talked to my son, and I'm like asking him, how's things going? You know, there's protests. And he said, Mom, things are cool here right now. We're playing volleyball, basketball. We're all getting along. Everything's great. He said, yeah, there was an incident once. He said, but we all kind of ignored it, and it was the guards had carved a BLM on one of the cabinets or something. I do believe it was, and another one that said something about kill them all or, or something to that extent. Anyways, they, it was the guards trying to stir it. Um, the inmates on the other hand was not even, didn't have issues on the deal. But, um, okay. Yeah. Okay. The guards well, I, I hate to do this because I mean, for all the people that are going to call in tonight for everything that we're going to be talking about, these actually should be shows you know, that we would have that would be an exception to the rule and so shocking that we're going to actually have a show about it. But guess what, folks? Um, Tonight we're going to hear from a litany of um, loved ones that have something to say, have something to show, and both Tina Gertz and myself and others, such as... as, uh, as Tiffany Walton, who uh, did organize um, a, a protest, two protests in the last two weeks over there at Eddie Warrior, 
um, has received volumes of testimonials. Good. So we're going to move through this show. Um, okay. But I, I want to thank you so much for calling in. I'd also, also like to ask you if have you had an opportunity to fill out uh, to fill out an affidavit? Um, not yet. I've I've been working on that. Get um, gotten in touch with someone for. I think it might have been Tina. And Tina. Yeah, okay. she's emailing me. I'm pretty okay. sure it was so her. I, I just updated. If you don't have tomorrow. the updated one. If you don't have the updated one, I, I, I've just updated it. I think it's it's uh, easier to um, navigate navigate through with also some information that will help you determine what is best information to utilize in that affidavit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yes. if you haven't okay, gotten that, you. all right. Um, okay, so these guys, some of them's got a big heart, and they are human, and they're paying for what they've done, and family members, we suffer with them too. We're sentenced as much as they are. And for someone to treat them like that, it's, just, it's unbelievable to me, you know. And, that's and not rehab. That's not part of this sentencing. There's no correction in that, you know, and saying they, if they want law-abiding citizens, they've got to treat them better than this, and they've got to rehabilitate them to do so, or nothing will change. We love you, and and we support you, and you're courageous. And um, just no, thank you. And let your son know. Let your son know that we're here for. We're fighting. We're doing everything that we can to improve the conditions. And I will. To, to never, to never let somebody else take his breath away from him. To to knock the wind out of his sails because he can come back. He can come back. Exactly. He's going to have that opportunity to come back and to be okay. Not yeah. Let him know that he's got to remain strong in there and to not mm-hmm. let whatever, he, however he's being mentally and emotionally abused, not to mention medically neglected, let him know that we're fighting for him and to I have will. faith. I will. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Thank, thank you very you. much. Good evening, and thank you for tuning in to Tanya Talk, where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network. And Stephen Burke, 89.9 KLRB-FM Lighthouse Christian Radio. I'm Tanya Hathaway, and I'm your host, and I am your host, and I'm toast already. I am your host. And I have with me tonight again, Tina Gertz. Tina Gertz is with me uh, co- as co-host. Uh, and she um, and I will just um, have a brief announcement that we would like to make uh, before we go a whole lot further. But I want all of our listeners to know and those that are ready to, uh, to uh, share their stories and those that have already shared their stories um, we're here with you. We're here for you, and we applaud you for doing everything that, that you're doing because it could be kind of scary, but it mm-hmm. is um, what you guys have done together, um, pulling together, showing up, coming out, that we're going to take that silly little advertisement that the Department of Corrections came out with 
and uh, as if we're really going to take that seriously because all that was was an advertisement, folks. That was an advertisement, um, and and they're trying to sell the public because this is a beautiful thing because you have been so successful out there because you have shown up because you are raising your voices and you are remaining civil and factual and are very, very concerned as are we. We're not lawyers. So whatever we bring on to this show uh, as far as advice, opinion, uh, or, or, or anything that might seem like legal discussion, it's not. It's through our research. It's through, uh, um, you know, we know our, you know, the Constitution is available to all of us, and and so are the statutes, so are the Oklahoma, uh, um, you know, laws, and and quite frankly, so are the DOC uh, policies and procedures. Um, so we're talking about transparency. So we can read and we can determine and we can discern what is right and just and what isn't. And we do rely, above all on the rights of our Constitution of the United States of America. That is what we rely upon in the civil and humane nature, okay? Uh, yes, when you are in, in an inmate, you do still have rights. We'll get into that a little bit more later if we have time. If not, this will carry over to Tuesday. Um, but... Um, so neither Marty Othi, myself, Tina Gert, Stephen Burke can be held uh, liable personally or professionally. Uh, we vet, we vet, we vet like crazy when we have people on the show. But you're, as you're aware, we have people that are calling in that have not been vetted, that are speaking from the heart. Um, and, and you tell me whether you believe them or not, okay? What did you just hear? You tell me whether you believe them or not. I want to thank my mother for tuning in right now because I bet that brought tears to my mom's eyes. My mom um, is a retired nurse, and she used to work in a, uh, in a little county, um, in a county jail. And um, I, so I'm sure that brought tears to her eyes. Um, I never could have imagined some of the things that she just heard. Um, I, I also want to uh, introduce Arthur Bean. Arthur Bean is, is with us tonight. Arthur Bean is a mega ultra researcher and private investigator who works with uh, attorney at Lodge Deborah Hampton uh, in Oklahoma. Arthur, how are you? I'm good, and you? Good. I, I can't thank you enough for being on here, and I know that you're fighting hard and you're fighting strong. And uh, um, can you just briefly let our uh, listeners know uh, uh, about anything that you want them to know about? I'm not going to say anything because that's, it's your discretion uh, what you might want to say or, or share. Um, but what do you have to say before we continue on with the show? Well, I'd like to hear from everybody on how their loved ones are being treated in the Department of Corrections and, you know, what they're being told. I'd like to know that. I think DOC is trying to cover up a lot of things. The day after we filed our request for the injunction, guess what? DOC's numbers with COVID cases dramatically reduced. Overnight. 
now they've got a new column that they're referring to in uh, that's called cumulative positive. Who knows what cumulative positives is, but if you added the current positive cases and the cumulative positive cases, we're going to be at 2,222 cases of COVID-19. If, if you put those two categories together, Eddie Warrior went from having 720 inmates that were positive to 352 the day after we filed our, injunct- our request for injunction. injunction. Uh, and we attached as an exhibit DOC's own records. Well, unfortunately for us, I know how to make these, turn these things into uh, exhibits. And, uh, you know, the next thing we're going to follow up with is, look, uh, the day after we filed this, you reduced your numbers by half. Let's see what stands by those numbers. That's good for a subpoena. Let's see those test results. How did those numbers go down so drastically? Right? Yeah, how did they go down? How did how did they go down so drastically? <laughs> yeah. Um, in their policy, not only uh, ODO, um, ODOC, not only do they acknowledge that their prisons are giant petri dishes, but that their responsibility is to manage, quote unquote, individuals who are, quote, ill or or possibly infected, and who may be non-compliant, unquote, unquote. So, uh, listen. Uh, and that's their, for their that's for their COVID nineteen management. I'm sorry? Yes. That's for their COVID-19 management policy. Yeah. And, and see, I see now I, you know, I was very happy when um, uh, it was Timothy Wolf, uh, who is, you know, their key communications guy to the public, right, um, who called me back uh, after I had reached out to somebody else um, a, a week or so ago when Tiffany did first start with these uh uh, bring this uh, outbreak uh, to light as just as massive as she had discovered it to be and absolutely stepped up to the plate. And, you know, uh, I asked about the medical, you know, the medical issues, and he said that, you, you know, um, medical is, is on top of things. Of course, it is an unprecedented time. But if somebody has something like, um, you know, a heart issue or something like that, that is the number one priority you know, you take the severe cases first, the most severe circumstances first. Um, you know, and if somebody's got a headache, it, it could take, you know, longer. You know, which means, you know, if somebody's got a headache, it might not have, you know, you get around to them, the headache might be gone. I mean, that's, that's okay. Let's be fair. We can we can understand that um, in, in the current situations right now. We can understand that. Um, but I'm not what I – every – from the information I'm receiving, I've seen uh, it's consistent, consistent, consistent uh, across the board. I can't find how all these testimonials from different people from the same places um, could all be lying. You know, mm-hmm. they probably don't even know each other. Maybe they do now through support groups and through all this. So, so there are there um, there are some pretty leveling leveling things here that one would start to consider what really is the truth and 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 also the information that is being shared to share um who's who is really 
Who's the overseer of that? Is this information real and true? Who's writing the report? Who's writing the reports? If you've got confidence in a warden that you shouldn't have confidence in, then, then um, uh, you know, and you're starting to hear too many complaints or, or one that's severe enough that should be looked into, uh, the onus is really on the Department of Corrections to make sure that um, these things really are not happening. So this is not about saving face. Department of Corrections. This is not about patting yourselves on the back and putting out an advertisement, a press release that does not listen to the victims of the system just to make yourselves look good. Just to make yourselves look good. You're not up to par. You're far below par. And, 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 and now is the time. We've got four callers waiting. Now is the time to, to step up to the plate. Um, so Tina, you had something to share. Then I wanted to share our little special stuff and time to move on to others uh, uh, that are waiting to have their voices heard. Okay. To everybody who is considering calling and afraid to um, or afraid to fill out an affidavit because they're afraid of what will happen to their loved one, I understand that it's scary but you got to stand up. we got to do this together. They can't go after everybody. That's why we have to unite in this. And I hope you'll call in. I hope you'll fill out an affidavit. That's all I wanted to say. And, and you know something uh, also, what you can do is fill it out. And, and you can write down on a separate piece of paper, but staple it. You, you can say uh, confidential until otherwise notified. Mm-hmm. All right? So it's, so it's there. So it's there. If you say that and, 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 and tell you flip the switch, pull the trigger on that, so to speak, okay, then it will remain that way. So it is there and it is done. But that will not be used without your expressed permission, okay? All right, so that's another way of doing it, all right? That's another way mm-hmm. of doing it. So it's on hand, and it won't be used. Listen, Tina and I won't laugh, things that we're not supposed to do, okay? Um, and I've been doing this for um, long enough. I'm getting things <laughs> all the time, all the time on, um, off the record, and it stays off the record. And guess what? If it didn't stay off the record, y'all would know about it, and I wouldn't be here. Okay? So um, <clears throat> so we're gonna we're about ready to move on, but before we do, uh, I, I want to um, make an announcement that um, Tina and I are in the process that uh, we've already started uh, putting together a nonprofit. Uh, this nonprofit will allow us to do more than what we're doing right now mm-hmm. um, to be able to maximize the abilities to move forward with the legislators. We're determining whether we're going to do it through. Uh, uh, we've got the LLC paperwork all filled out, and then you know we de- and, and um, as soon as we get that certificate back. Uh, then we're going to determine whether it's going to be a 501c3 or a 501c4. And we're going to talk about that because there are limitations on lobbying um, on one of them. 
Um, and, uh, and on the other one, we can have more direct contact with um, uh, with representatives and expect to get answers from them. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, and have a say. So, so we need you to know that what we're going through is not the motions. It is, it is with a cause and with a purpose. And I finally found somebody that <laughs> that um, we we found each other. I should say where we align with the way that we're thinking, how we're going forward, and um, and uh, and and this is pulling nicely together. So Tina and I met um, uh, online and through you know her story where, where she came on and she spoke. And uh, we continued our, our talks and and uh, and uh, and her work and her empo- and her being empowered her you know and, and by being able to get on and talk and stand for other people um, and then we put this rally together and you know what we just aligned so well and working with great people like Arthur Bean and others um, you know that are like minded we're very very excited uh, to. Uh, have a different venue to be able to actually share with you uh, what we're doing about the problem. Uh, that being said, we've got other callers that are waiting, so let's move on and get to that. Marty, okay. who's on now? Uh, hold on a second here. We have Nathan. There you go. Nathan, you're live and on the air. Hello. Hi, Hi Nathan. Hello. Thank you so much for calling in. Um. I'm in California, and my wife is in the Eddie Warrior Correctional Center in Taft, Oklahoma. Um, I haven't seen my wife in a year and a half. She was at Cape Bernard, and they closed that prison, and they said, well, you girls, and there was hardly any COVID cases then, and they said, we're moving you girls to different prisons, and they moved her to Eddie Warriors without a test at all. And when she got to Eddie Warriors, they did quarantine her for a week and gave her a test, but then before she even got results to know if she was positive or not, was thrown in dorm three with women that were copying, that were already had the virus. Three weeks later, the health department arrived at the prison and said, we're going to give you a COVID test. And she goes, well, I took one three weeks ago. I don't even have results. And I'm in a dorm full of six, 160 women that are sick and the bunk beds are two feet apart. The health department acts surprised. They gave her another COVID test and both of them were negative. My wife has been so blessed. She was only one of 60 women that didn't have it. They put her into dorm one, where dorm one is the only dorm where the girls don't have it. And then the warden came in talking about maybe sending them back, some of them back to dorm three where they're infected. Dorm three had no hot water, but they have fixed it since. No air conditioning, no ice machine. But the worst one was dorm four has maggots in the wall. Uh-huh. Um, I, I am an ex-felon. I have given my life to the Lord. I have been sober for years. I haven't been in any trouble with the authorities in seven years. I haven't been in prison or 10 or 12, but even in regular conditions, the medical in prison is not good. My wife's ankles swole up and they said, we can, we can't get you in to see a doctor. We're not upset with the guards. We're not upset with medical. We understand that they're short staffed. We're upset with the Department of Corrections on the way they handled this. My wife had a write-up in uh, K. Bernard. It was a Class A, which is like a misdemeanor. No big deal. 
they were supposed to restore her levels to get her home on time. And then when she went to Cape Bernard, he goes, well, they'll fix them at the other prison. They have yet to fix it. They gave her level three, but in the computer, it says level two. Um, they haven't classified her. She's been there a month and a half, no classification. She hasn't had a timesheet since June. No, she's only a few months from being released. There's no release date. Um, when she was at Cape Bernard, I would call the head department of corrections and talk to them. They were nice, but then my wife would call me and say, well, my unit manager and case manager at Cape Bernard just came in and screamed and yelled at me, told you to quit calling the department of corrections. Oh, and that's what they do. She goes, you're making my life worse. Every time you call the, and, it, and, it, and I wasn't even complaining. I was asking normal questions, very politely, very Christian-like. And they were acting nice, but as soon as they hung up the phone, my wife would call me. Yeah, they called me in, and they both yelled at me in the office, told you to quit calling. Um, it's just horrible. And the charge my wife's in on was from Jay, Oklahoma. She's not even guilty of her charge. It was ex-felon <gasps> possession of a firearm. She oh, went to Jay, go visit her ex-husband. I know all about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sorry. The, her, my wife was not in possession of this firearm, and I can prove it with this statement. My wife went to visit her ex-husband. He pulled his gun on her, threatened to kill her. If you look at the police report, my wife called the sheriff. If you're an ex-felon brandishing a firearm, would you call the police on yourself? Right. Right. Now, the court system says... Edwin Turlington. Have you heard of Edwin Turlington? No, ma'am. He spoke at our rally as well, and he was charged with something that he... uh, uh, he, that. He's now fine, um, and he is standing up a lot for uh, for um, these kind of situations out there in Jay, Oklahoma. And it's over by Grove, am I right? Yes, I used to live there, and that is where the okay. jailers and sheriff raped them women in jail, and then they all mysteriously ended up dead after they were released with their settlement money. Yeah. Yep, there's, um, there's, now, there's so much to say. There's so much to tell. And, and I want our listeners my- to realize that this right here, what we're talking about tonight, Okay, this is just a mask that's being pulled off, okay, because the conditions and the abuse that's been going on in many, not all, I cannot say this about all, but what we already know know about many of these prisons, and not to mention, you know, we get into the whole, you know, uh, the uh, the public corruption, okay, you know, some of them don't even belong in prison. Okay, so uh, this is just uh, so this is a mask that's being pulled off that is uh, exposing uh, that that we're getting you to listen to listeners about other things that have been going on for far too long because of this that you're finding out what is in that closet. Now, when Mm -hmm. she got to court, she didn't have adequate legal counsel. She couldn't hire a real attorney, and they used her colorful past as a as an addict to scare her and coerce her into pleading guilty to something she didn't do. And we can never get it overturned. The only thing she's actually guilty of is three and a half years ago, she had $20 in illegal narcotics. And when she gets out of prison, they want her to do five years felony parole on what is currently a one year misdemeanor maximum probation. We filed for the, we we filed for commutation and was denied under current law. Nathan, what I'm going to ask you to do, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you, I, 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 this is what I want to know about. This is what we want to know about. I'm going to ask you to email me. Can I give you my email address? Um, let me get a pen while I'm talking to you folks. All right. 
Sure. Well, it's injustice in Oklahoma at gmail.com. And we're going to have a different email address soon, although these will still work. But uh, injustice in Oklahoma at gmail.com. Okay. Okay. Injustice in Oklahoma, um, one word, at gmail.com. We want to keep going on with the conditions of the prisons right now. But this is something Uh, that we're, we're. Right. Are you there? Um, okay. Yes, ma'am. I'd, I'd like you to email me, and I'll be in touch with you about this, okay? Okay. One last thing is um, at the Eddie Warriors Correctional, um, she's level two in the computer, even though she's supposed to be level four. Um, but it doesn't matter if they're level four. They're only letting them get ten lines on the commissary, which is like being level one. And I understand it's because they're shorthanded. And there's rumors that the people, and I, don't, I can't confirm this one, that the people okay. handling and cooking the food in the prison are tested positive for the virus. Okay. Okay. Arthur, do you have anything that you want to ask this man? Arthur. Uh, what's, what's, uh, well, if you could like message us your wife's name in a, in a message. Uh, and so we could, so I can, I can uh, track her if, if that's okay with you. Okay, do you have a, a number or something I can get a hold of you? Go ahead, Arthur. It's up yeah. to you. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll tell you what. It's, my number is uh, 405-906-9999. Okay, we, um, That's my, our, attorney, our attorney in Oklahoma City sent her some legal documents to try to get her out on GPS for the remainder of her time, and that was over a week and a half ago, and she hasn't got it, so we're – praying she gets the document so she can sign it and return it to our attorney. We don't know what happened to that either. Okay, so I'm going to ask, we've got to move on to the, I hate to do this to you because we've got other callers and we want to stay on the topic of this. Nathan, please forgive me. I'm not trying to push you aside. Um, We've got a mission tonight to get as many callers on as we can to talk about the conditions. Um, So you've got, I want to hear about your wife's story, okay, and what you have to share regarding the wrongful conviction and whatnot. And please, um, you're in great hands with, with with Arthur. Contact him, okay? All right, so thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Thank you, ma'am. Marty, thank you, sir. On that? Uh, 917-388-4520. 917-388-4520. Press the number one. Okay. Um, now you have a caller who wishes to remain anonymous. She's live and on the air, and she's pretty upset, so bear with her. Okay. Hi. Hi, how are you guys uh, doing? Thank you. Great. Thank you for calling. Thank you I so want much to start out by thanking you. for your patience. I want to start out by thanking you all for being the voices that they don't want to hear, being our voices they don't want to hear. <laughs> you can um, um, I would like to start out. I don't know where to start to begin with. Um, we can we can go um, to the fact I had my my daughter's at Eddie Warriors. Um, my old man's at North Fork. Um, my daughter has tested positive for COVID nineteen. My daughter's been on a waiting list to go to lower security for seven months, and then the pandemic came, and they were told that the people that were being moved or released would be tested. Um, before they could be moved. Um, 
she got upset because a lot of other people got tested first and you know she's one of the youngest on the yard so she's not real familiar with any of that i do want to say i was there in 2015 and 2016 i am an rtp november 10th graduate um it changed my life to watch my daughter follow my footsteps was the hardest thing ever but for her to go through something that I can't even fathom, I was there, the same place, but the things that she's going through is, un- I mean, it's it's hit or miss at these prisons, but I'm going to go ahead with... What do you, what um, do you mean by that? What do you um, mean each, by that? Each prison is different, as, I mean, and each, like, I was there, um, I I don't know if you would, what you would call, I guess you would consider a... Um, a model inmate. I didn't, I never got a write up. I went to college. I was a GED tutor. I helped women accomplish their GEDs. Um, Thank you for I, doing that. To, to watch three 60 year old women come in on a third grade reading level and watch them walk across a, you know, watch them get their GED was absolutely amazing. It was amazing. Um, you know, it gave them confidence, and I don't know how I would be at 60 years old and not have any confidence left, but then all of a sudden, you know, this chick run you run across in prison just has, you know, has your back, and, and you help her, and I promise those ladies were, they were so tickled to get their GED, and it was so amazing to watch them. Um, I was just, you know, a lot of people don't go to, they don't go to prison with the mind frame they're going to do good when they get there. I mean, you're, right. you know, you're at the lowest anyway, Um the the food is is absolutely I'm not I'm not gonna lie I was there so I can vouch the food is horrible I worked in the kitchen I was an AM kitchen worker I got woke up at two thirty every morning to go cook um, the things you know because I was there I have my daughter try to describe you know the food and the amounts and I stay on top of her she's my youngest child um, and I was there so I can I can relate to so much. Um, my daughter's in there for stealing a car and running it into a tree, and she's so blessed that she didn't die, but she is doing her time. Um, she got charged with armed robbery with attempt, or attempted armed robbery. Um, she was lied on and said she pulled some multi-tool out, and, and, and she didn't. She just drove off in this car. Um, however, she does have co-defendants that are already out. Um, my daughter's still oh. stuck in there on 85% time, um, seven, uh, three in and seven out. Um, however, I want to get to, I was listening to that man that said there was maggots in the wall in dorm four. That's where my daughter was prior to this coronavirus, uh, them testing her and pulling her into the gym. Um, the gym is where okay, my, see, daughter, my daughter, my daughter, you're confirming what, uh, what he just said. Because you know firsthand. Absolutely. Well, I don't know about the maggots in the wall. Now I know that my daughter was on dorm four, and she never mentioned anything like that. But she did tell me when they moved them to um, the gym on August sixteenth. She got tested August thirteenth. She was pulled August sixteenth from dorm four to the gym, which I can verify. I have a recorded conversation. Every time she calls, I record her. Where her, she was telling me that there were women sleeping on the floors. Now, I've been to Eddie Warriors myself, so I know that the gym has absolutely no air conditioning in it whatsoever. Not a one. It's fans. 
Um, it's not changed since I've been there because I got to visit my daughter one time, uh, July of last year, when my other daughter came from out of state, and it's still hot. I mean, absolutely miserable in that gym. Now, she told me they brought in a bunch of fans, but they said they're not bringing in anymore. My daughter laid side by in the same room as the lady that passed away. My daughter watched her lay on the ground for three days and then tell her she couldn't breathe and calls me. My daughter's 22 years old, and she says, Mom, am I going to die in prison for stealing a car? I mean, it crushed my heart. Um, yep. She, I, so I go in and I say, I need you to tell me what all happened, you know, how they, how they handled you guys with, you know, the tested positive at first. And she said, I said, they told us, you know, cause I call and I was listening to him say how he called DOC. I was afraid that they were going to start doing that to my daughter. Um, you know, the things he was saying they were doing to his wife. Um, however, they, they haven't, even though when, I called in one time and the warden went in and addressed all the girls in the gym about something. He said, yeah, uh, uh, some, if somebody's mother uh, would quit calling in, well, I know I'm not the only mother. So I told my daughter, don't respond, don't react because that's what they're looking for. When you react, that's when you give yourself away. So sit there and listen, you know, you don't know, you don't know anything. You know, I don't tell her what I do. I don't tell her that I call for her. I don't, you know, none of that. So within the last probably two weeks, I have had my daughter mail me all of her medical papers from the first day she went, which was 7-17 of 2019. This is regarding an abnormal pap smear um, that could possibly be um, – cancerous, you know, cancer, cancer cells in her uterus, mm -hmm. um, and HPV. Now I want to let you know, my daughter has not been seen again since July 17th of 2019 for this oh. situation. Oh boy. Um, I have that highlighted. I, I'm, I'm an OCD person. So if I have to get on something, I'm, everything's in a folder filed. I, I've just learned a lot to, you know, be prepared. Um, right. So, so what you do in medical is when you're you're an inmate, there is a paper called a staffer request. Now, this is how you contact anybody and everybody when you're in prison. You have to go ask a guard for a staffer request because of who I am, I always got five or six, and I've told my daughter to do that as well. Um, and she needs to write down on a separate sheet of paper every time she turns one in because when you turn one in. They have someone has to sign it and send it back to you. Um, it has to be signed by a, you know someone and a date, so you know so they can match. Um, I've got several here. Um, this is from February. One of them saying um, you know female issues, um, trying to see if it's signs of PCOC or cysts or whatever. Um, dated a good twenty days later. Uh, said they was going to get an appointment, never got an appointment. Um, another one was, now she had to go outside medical um, because she got, wrecked that car. Um, she's got bulging discs in her back, which requires you to fill out another staffer request to mm -hmm. 
even get a bottom bunk medical because she has bulging discs. Since Corona, and they moved them all around, they put her back on, they put her on dorm seven and put her on the top bunk. She put in a request before, this was in March, um, before July, to make sure that she got her, her bottom bunk medical, you know, because I've always told her, do ahead. Because if you don't, then they've got that excuse for why they didn't do anything and help you. So she right. put it in. I, I need to get my request in, you know, so that it doesn't just expire. Well, it expired. They ignored it. I do have a date. And I do, I do have a signature and a stamp. Um, okay. The bottom bunk medical ran out in July. Um, however, she told me when they were put in the gym, um, there were maggots all over the floor. And the guards gave the inmates stuff to clean it up with and told them to clean it up. No, um, it's not interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, I said, okay. I said so did you I clean it up? And she goes, what? no. <laughs> so I was told that they got no hand sanitizer. The soap in the dispensaries are not antibacterial. Um, they do, however, go in and fog these dorms. Um, they're supposed to do it weekly. Uh, the medical at Eddie Warriors lied to me and told me they gave all the people that tested positive zithromycin, an inhaler, Tylenol. Um, okay, mind you, they charge everybody $4 for each prescription. And if okay, you don't have $4, you know, you, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I never had that issue. So I don't right. know how it is if you don't have that. I mean, I am also a tribal member of the Muscogee Creek Nation as well as my daughter is. So I've okay. been calling quite a bit of people trying to figure out where, you know, what direction I need to go. So I thank you again for sticking yep. up, you know, and being our voices. Um, and we've got a bunch of callers waiting, too. I know you do. Um, so, I know you do. Yep. And I've been listening, so and I want to continue you to listen. If, if, if you could... Uh, what I'm going to ask you to do is, do you have the information uh, for that affidavit? No, I've not even heard about an affidavit. I do, however, have uh, Mr. Bean's um, phone number and have been contact been in contact with him. I need to, you know, can redo okay. that tomorrow. Uh, but I, I okay. do want to continue to listen, and I thank you again. And I'm, you just don't know. Thank you, you, you and you know, let let your daughter know. Um, you know, we're, we're out here and, and we care and thank you for sharing because you have a lot of I information. Do, one more, one more thing. I do know they said they appreciate them coming out to protest, but if they, when they do, they make them go inside and they don't get their outside time. Okay. Okay. That's all right. All right. Well, that's important to know. That's important to yes. know. Okay. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to take down my um, email address. It's injustice in Oklahoma. Injustice in Oklahoma at gmail dot com. And if you can send those slips or any kind of statements my way, because you know we're working on things in you know uh, and supporting the efforts of the Deborah Hampton law law firm, of course. Uh, right. I, I didn't get into I didn't get into the fact that she has asthma and carries around a steroid inhaler, and they won't renew that. But I will let you know. I'll email you, and I'll send yep. you whatever you need. I got. I I just right. I appreciate you guys, and I'm in. I'm in, excited to listen to everybody else. 
Okay. Thank you so much. We, thank we you. Have a good evening. Thank you for calling. All right. All right. It's Marty, who do we have on next? Okay. Area code 405. You're live and on the air. Area code 405. Okay. Let's move on. Um, Hi, area 405. Area code 405. If you can call back, please do. Oh, there we go. Okay. All right. Thank you for calling. How are you today? Yes. Hello. Well, I just wanted to tell about my fiance. He was in Lawton. Uh, This happened a couple years ago. He was in Lawton for five years, and he had been transferred to a lower security, which he went to Jesse Dunn. Well, when he went to Jesse Dunn, <clears throat> he was transferred. I seen it on. I was looking on the DOC, and I seen that they had moved him. So when I seen that they had moved him, <clears throat> I called him. I called, and uh, they told me that I could come up there. You know how you can come up there and visit before you do the visitation form. If you was on the last visitation form, this and that. So mm-hmm. me and his mom went to Jesse Dunn, drove three hours all the way up there. After I had talked to somebody all week, every day. Once I got up there, then they say we can't visit with no explanation. So his mother was instantly knowing something was going on, but they wouldn't tell her anything. You know, they won't tell me anything because we're not legally married. So once we left, still didn't hear from him for about a week or so. And uh, about two weeks or so, I I was worried. I kept calling, couldn't get no answers. His mother kept calling. Uh, didn't uh, would, they wouldn't give her no answers. <clears throat> Finally, I got a letter about three weeks later, maybe a month after he had been moved, <clears throat> and the letter was a half-page letter with all the words almost misspelled on the word uh, in the letter, and it was saying, "Babe, I'm hurt. Um, I got beat up." <clears throat> so finally, uh, once I called up to the Oklahoma City DOC. And I told them, I had to threaten them and tell them if I didn't talk to somebody, I was going to contact the news because we didn't know whether he was dead or alive at this time. We didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, to come, mm-hmm. come to find out when he got to Jesse Dunn, <clears throat> after being there for an hour and 15 minutes, and uh, he got there at breakfast time, and then he had went and got his property. About five minutes after his proper, uh, he got his property, all the property that I bought, the TV, the MP3 player, everything that you can buy in prison, the the Timberland boots, the the shoes, everything you can buy in prison, I bought and purchased to make sure he had everything he needed. He ain't got to ask nobody for nothing. And five guys, well, they told me at the time three guys, but it turned out it was five guys, jumped him, beat him up, almost killed him to the point that they had to take him to the hospital outside of the prison. And nobody let us know anything, and we find out almost two months later the whole story of what happened. So then they moved them to Vanita after that. But when they moved them to Vanita, they put them in the uh, in in the holding for thirty days or whatever. It took almost four months, you know, the for pur- us and to. The purpose talk. of that was supposed to be for what? <laughs> for what? That's. That's what I, I never got an answer to that, and all his yeah. stuff was stolen. And to this day, nothing was replaced. The TV that uh, I bought, the MP3, all that stuff that has received that they could track that stuff, and nothing right. was ever given back to him. Period. I called up there, 
to Jesse Dunn and I talked to the properties woman. She told me, she said, I'm not supposed to say this to you, ma'am. She said, but I want to say this to you. She said, just because. He just got here. She said he was so respectful and so nice. She said, and then probably about 15 minutes later, I see a gurney carrying him out bloody. Uh, she said oh she watched God. the video. She's the one that told me it was five people on him. He said it was three. She said, no, ma'am, it was five. She said they were hitting him in the head with uh, socks or, or whatever they had in there. She said he was bloody. She said, and they was just beating him, beating him, beating him. And while they were outside beating him, they were in there taking all his stuff. So once he got beaten and and came back from the hospital, he said they threw him in a cell for 30 days until they moved him to Vanita. And that took almost 30 days for them to do. And, and with no medication, didn't give him no pain medication. He said he couldn't think. He could. He had a migraine. He said he was just in the hole still for what? I'm so sorry. For nothing. And, I'm so sorry. Now, now, and and, and I, I'm just kind of curious what is yeah. what has been written up about this? And you know, where were the guards? Nothing. Or were they? Or was it the guards that was beating them up? For everything that we know. Yeah, it might it, it might have been. I mean, he was there. He went from Lawton to Jesse Dunn. He was at Jesse Dunn for an hour and fifteen minutes before this took place, and then had to go to the hospital. He got his eye busted, his finger right now. He doesn't have filling in it. He says that his back still hurts him tremendously. He has migraines to the point to where he's wobbly. He feels like he's gonna pass out. You know when his he, head yeah, he's when, about, when he gets he might have a concussion, but you, you know a very dangerous concussion. Well, there's nothing that 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 they did about it, but I'm just happy that we to the to to the end point. And you know, I just wanted to encourage other people. You know, it's it's going it's it's almost over. And we just got to keep the faith. We already know those those guards in there. They do what they want to do. They they they. It's it's a control thing. I've never been to jail or anything, but I went to Lawton. And the how Lawton, the pat search, the, the the search that those women used to do to us, I, I told them at one point in time, no, I don't even want to visit because I feel so violated. I, I mean, I'm not homophobic or anything, but you have right. a woman sitting here that's looking like a man and that's patting yeah. you, and I mean patting you patting oh. you to make you feel uncomfortable. And that's how I yeah. was getting patted in Lawton. But I did it. The things that we have to do to visit our loved one. And then he went to wow. Jesse Dunn. I, I never got to visit him in Jesse Dunn. Uh, never got to visit him in Vanita. And now he's in uh, oh, he's in uh, Jesse Dunn or uh, James Crabtree now. And so it's almost over. But James Crabtree, he's been there for like nine months. But I just purchased him a fan. Uh, uh, probably about six months ago, and he just got it about two months ago. But when they got the fan, so it, it took that he, long for him to get the fan. It took that long for him to get the fan, and other people that I know that's in there, other uh, uh, love, uh, people's loved ones that's in there, they they say it takes that long to get the commissary. When you when you pay for that stuff, it takes the it takes them three and four and five months to get this stuff. Why? It shouldn't take that long. Why? And then when they ask about it, it's an attitude. But then they come in there. It's no air conditioner in James Crabtree. But then they come in there and take everybody's fan. They took – I just purchased this fan. And y'all came and took everybody's fan. It's hot in here. It's 100, and, 100 degrees out here, so you know it's 110 or 15 in there. Not There's no air. The but body, is the body heat being given off by everybody? and that, yeah. Wow. They took yep. everybody, and this right here was like 
two, three weeks ago, they took everybody's fan. And so, you know, it's nothing that we could do about it. I called up there, but, you know, they don't talk to you. They feel like they don't have to answer any questions. You know, I don't say anything. I don't get smart or say anything because it's true. You know, they'll retaliate on your loved one. Uh, uh, he already said that somebody said, uh, they said, write, write the inmates up for anything. You know, the ones that's coming up on parole and, and coming up on probation uh, for commutation so what, and things. Write, so write them up for little petty stuff. Uh, what I'm going to ask you to do, if you would, please, if you would reach out to Tina um, through the email okincarcerated and yes, at com, and she will share with you an affidavit. We are working on on um, uh, on calling out DOC and uh, holding them accountable for um, for this absolute. Um, yes, and and can you please throw in there like the phone yep. system? Like I haven't seen my loved one in two years because all this after he got beat yep. up and all that stuff. It's been two years. Yeah, uh, September, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, and I'd be interested the pandemic, in those records. Why they why why he or, why he was left to be beat up like that? Um, so you yes. know, he was beat up. You know, and we robbed. have we have some FOIA. We have some FOIA. Um, power here with you know as media to sort of for asking some of these requests so this is what the importance yes. of us um, becoming a nonprofit as well to make this uh, something that we can uh, do uh, uh, much 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 more of uh, and yes. dedicate uh, even more than we already are um, so I want to thank you please follow up thank with you. Tina and 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 you know we'll we work do. on things together as you know uh, we're going to move on to the next car for now uh, God well, bless thank you, you. I and appreciate let, you. let him know let him know that we're out here for him okay yes God bless y'all and thank you so much no thank you <laughs> appreciate it Marty who do we have on next we have got area code 918. Last number on that call is 6. Thank you very much. Yes. You're live and on the air. Who, area not, code 918. 6. Hi, I want to thank you for calling for calling Tony Talks. Um, we'd love to hear your voice. How are you Hello? tonight? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can yes. hear you. Thank you so much <laughs> for calling Hi, my name in. is Ann. <laughs> Hi, Ann. How you doing? This is a pretty important I'm show, great. isn't it? Yes, it is. I just wanted to speak on, um, my husband is at Lawton, and when they brought the Cimarron over to Lawton, they actually never even kept them for any length of time, not even two weeks put contagious in with non-contagious at Lawton. Boy. This is good old Comanche County. This is, you know, I mean, we've been, we've been doing months of wrongful convictions that are, that are connected with Comanche County, which is where Lawton is. is. And, you know, just Comanche Lawton County does. just, it does. It does. They're in, they're, <laughs> they think that they can write their own rules. Um, you know, you know what, but it wouldn't be happening if, um, if we had some overseers that actually did their job. Uh, exactly. So the, and their food the is, 
Their food is little to nothing. Little to nothing. And my husband is on phase one, so he stays locked down all the time. He doesn't get phone privileges. And when he does, um, there you go again with the contagious and the non-contagious all on the same pod. It's just, it's horrible. Why is he on phase one all the time? They've cut their canteen their canteen down so much that they're literally starving out. They're starving okay. them to death at Lawton. I've heard I've heard great weight drops um, taking place there. But Arthur just asked, you know, I mean, again, it doesn't change the um, the, the the situation. But Arthur did just ask, you know, what keeps them in phase one. Um, there's like a lot of things. Um, if someone gets in a fight, um, they lock the whole pod down on phase one. The whole pod suffers if one person gets into a fight. Okay. Okay. That's just how Lawton handles things. It's just easier to lock the whole pod down and start them all off at a phase one than mess with them. And then, so it has to start all over again. If, right. Um, so they actually somebody, never get off phase one, and their canteen, um, he doesn't get to draw hardly anything. Can you and when I do talk, what that means? Um, he may get to draw down like coffee, um, like a few things uh, that he really wants, but it's usually like a, a twenty to a thirty dollar limit per week, which isn't very much by the time you look at. Um, being fed a piece of bologna on rice with brown gravy. Okay, so um, so so when they're written up, that's called a misconduct. Is that correct? Yes, and the whole pod gets put on a phase. If and they have any trouble, has he had any written, any write-ups? Has he been responsible for any write-ups? Because, like, I, I mean, I can see, like, you know, for a team, if somebody does something wrong, you know, a, a college team, a you know, a high school team, that everybody's got to do laps, right? Okay, we, we right. get that. It's that whole accountability thing. But we're talking about people that are um, are um, paying their price. Um, for crime that has been committed, and uh, and so now it kind of sounds like, um, in a sense, worse than double jeopardy. So, I know I, I have the understanding that phase one is usually like gang related. So, it was is this the case in this situation? No, no, it's just. Basically, if anyone gets into a fight or has any altercation, they just lock the whole pod down on lockdown, and they start them on phase one is what I'm saying. If okay. anybody, minority oh. or, or not minority, gets into it, then it's just easier to lock the whole pod down. Right, right. Fair and that's enough. just how they deal with it there. Okay. And I'm sure that a lot of people will con- confirm that. I've actually got a lot of messages. Oh, goodness, they're pretty much do confirm that um anyways how it, it, they just get started all over in in Lawton um okay Lawton so, is the most horrible place I've ever 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 seen him at um I mean which no place is good here in Oklahoma 
But, I mean, the treatment that he's got there is just horrendous. They have to wait now because of the COVID. Um, if he has a toothache, he has to wait even longer for medical. Okay. Effort. Right. Of course. Of course. Okay. Well, again, I'm going to encourage you, please. Um, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to Tina. Let's get these affidavits filled out. Anybody who is interested in affidavit, please email Tina Gertz, okay, at okincarcerated at yahoo.com, okincarcerated at yahoo.com. Uh, you know, we'll, these will still be active for a while, these emails, while we're getting our other um, uh, email together. But uh, can, you, can you please just um, email her? She's going to get you the information. We need these, okay? This is what this show is all about tonight. Um, so I want to thank you for sharing that information with us. It's just confirming uh, so much of what others are sharing with us. Um, okay. God bless. Okay, thank you. Please let him know you have a good night. Him. You, thank you. You Bye. too. Good night. Thank you. Marty? Okay. Let's hang on here. Let me get this line up. Okay. Area code 405 again. Last number is 3. Well, thank you for calling, Erie Code 405 with the last number three. We really appreciate uh, hearing from you. And what would you like to share with us tonight? Hello. Yes. Hi. Go yes. ahead. Hello. Um, my husband has been incarcerated for 27 years. Um, he has had his teeth kicked out by guards. He has. By guards? Yes, by guards. As a matter of fact, was at McAllister. He was locked up in McAllister for 16 solid years. Um, he was at Cushing, and he has been um, handcuffed and thrown in the shower for five to six hours, being pepper sprayed multiple times. And where is this again? Um, he was at Cushing when that happened. We are currently at Lawton, and when it rains... The cells flood. The um, when they're locked down, they get showers probably every two or three days. My husband has been through a whole lot with the prison system. Okay. Okay. We did. Um, we did win the case against Cushing for the um, damage that caused to his wrist. Can you say that again? I'm sorry, because I'm just being, I, I don't know why I keep getting surprised. Because uh, what would you like me nothing, to repeat? Nothing surprises anymore. Can you share about yeah, there's what this. you just shared? Um, he was actually handcuffed for five hours, throwing in a shower for no reason at all. Um, it caused him to have nerve damage in his hand, in his wrist. It's torture. Yes, very much torture. You said he won the lawsuit against them? Yes, yes, we, we won the lawsuit against Cushing. Okay. Um, okay. It's just I'm, the whole 27 know, years has just been. standing up and, and, and out about that because you cannot let that happen. Do you feel that the conditions have changed there? No, <clears throat> no. Really? Nothing's changed nowhere. Um are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm fine. Oh, yeah. It just you know, it's sad that the way these 
men and women are treated, you're not getting um, disinfectant stuff. When they do come in and spray, my husband has said that, you know, he can't breathe after they spray that sanitizing stuff. Right. Excuse me. Are you, ma'am, ma'am, are you on a speakerphone? No, I'm not. What in the world? Okay, thank you. It's coming across okay to me. How about you, Tina and Arthur? I heard an echo. Me too. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. uh, 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 Tanya, your board is absolutely loaded. And uh, I'm sure we have lurkers on there, if you know what I mean. So I do. I do. All right. We'll we'll ride with it. So I want to thank you for calling in, and I'm going to ask you if it, anybody that's listening. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to keep repeating this, but I'm just hoping that everybody that's listening, even if you don't get on tonight, if there's there's reason too, and I some tells me there is. We're going to continue this on Tuesday, okay, and just set back the uh, the, the Tuesday show where we're continuing with Lawton. Uh, wrongful convictions because they're just so many because it's just such a horrific, horrific place. But I'm going to ask you again to please share your story um, and, and be in touch with Tina Gertz through okincarcerated at yahoo.com. She will um, offer you an affidavit. We need this. We need this to solidify you know, we only want the truth, obviously, because people are going to swear to telling the be- to the uh, best of their knowledge what's happening in Oklahoma and these places under the pain and penalty of perjury by law. All right. So please, though, we need to hear from you. Thank you for calling anybody else who's listening. All right, Marty, your next your next caller, please, or next caller. Okay. We have another area code 405. Last number of the caller is zero. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate you calling, and, and we really appreciate you waiting as well. Hello. Hello. Um, we appreciate you calling in. We know you've been waiting. To, are you, you're on air live. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna go, Tanya. Let's move to the next one. Is another area code 405. Last number is 7. Yes. Hello. Thank you. My name is Kelly. Yes, my name is Kelly, and I'm calling from Oklahoma. And I'm calling about my husband in uh, Lawton as well. And he came from Comanche County, and he was wrongfully convicted. He got 30 years. He's been locked up 19 of those 30 years for something he did not do. Have we and, been in touch about you being on our show, by the way? Uh, no, ma'am. I mean, I just got this off of Facebook. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to ask yes. you to be in touch with me uh, or, or Tina. She'll pass on the information. Do you have our emails? Have you uh, gathered that? Is it? Um, yes. Is it injustice or injustice? Injustice, one word, injustice in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Coming out okay. of the woodwork, and and we need you to tell your story. Thank you. And very I'm gonna much. tell you, yes, ma'am. And I also did time at Mabel okay. Bassett, okay. and I watched my roommate for three days. She went to medical, saying she couldn't breathe. January the second, 2016. I watched her take her last breath. They told me don't touch her. 
I got on the box. I called for a guard. It took the nurse almost two hours to come back. By then she was gone. And you know what they did to oh. me? They, they questioned me and said, did you and her have a fight? Did you hit her? Did you do this? Did you do that? I said, absolutely not. I couldn't go back into my, my cell for eight hours. For oh two weeks. I never will forget this man. His name was Officer Choking. He left my door open for two weeks and came and checked on me. Another guy at African, uh, Mr., um, I can't think of his name, but he came on his off day to check on me. Where is Becca? I said, I'm here. You okay? Nobody else. I didn't get no grief counseling. I didn't get nothing. But my concern right now is Lawton and the, the, the nasty, the way they're being treated. It makes no sense. Why can't we send them hand sanitizers? Why can't we send them masks? Why can't we send them vitamins to immune their systems? No, you can't do none of that. Why? Because it's a private prison. Me personally, they should do away with all private prisons. In the state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma is the state. It's behind. Of all the states. Okay. And I want to thank you. And I will be I will be on here. And I will I will email you. I will call yes. Mr. Arthur. It's at 406. Yeah. 405-406-9999. Because right now Deborah K. Hampton is working on my husband's case. No, it's a telephone. My telephone number is 405-906. Nine 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 nine. Nine zero six. Okay, I will give you a call tomorrow. Uh, what okay, time? Any time. All right. Yeah. Just God bless anytime. you guys. If thank answer, you so much. If yes. I don't answer, call back. If I don't answer, call I back, or I will return your call. Well, I thank you so much, and you have a blessed night. Thank you. And I mean, oh my God, you, you guys are doing a wonderful thing. Thank you uh, so much. Well, thank you so much for calling and being so clear. And concise yes, with all that you're sharing. Yes, ma'am. And, yes, ma'am. And, and I'm, uh, God bless you. Um, yes. We're fighting for, for, for everybody that is going through this, and just like you did just now. Thank you. Be in touch. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. Oof. I, okay, I, Tanya. I'm getting tons okay. of messages in, too. I just want you to know that. Um, we're getting, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm getting – Lots of messages uh, to to, sh- to share. This is definitely going to have to be extended. Marty, we're going till ten tonight, correct? I mean, for you, yes, me, nine yeah. Oklahoma yeah. time, right? Nine, okay. yes, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. Okay, who do and we have on next? That, okay, that's all your callers. Some of them finally gave up, um, but okay. you know when it, this is an open forum show, so you kind of have to take your chances. But uh, you covered them all, Tanya. Okay, so uh, for those that are listening, we now have some lines that are open if you wish uh, and choose to uh, call um, 917-388-4520. Somebody just uh, wrote in, you and Marty are a ray of hope to and for the people that are and that they are not alone. Uh, amen. Thank you for that. And Tina, 
and Arthur and Deborah and for these courageous protesters and for the loved ones that are calling in because enough really is enough. Enough is enough. This is just such a a, a pathetic game, um, you know, that's being played by, you know, people in suits. And, and mind you, I've worn a suit many, suits many times in my life, in my, in, you know, different, uh, in a different career that I was in. And, and, and I was a good person. I did well with what I've done, you know, and, and somehow this is where my path led to. I can sit here in ponytails and sweatpants and a baggy shirt, and, 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 you know, we're all here together. We're all here together doing something that is much more important than, um, than just wearing a suit and acting as though, those that uh, that that try to make it as though that the, that their voice is more important or that they have the authority just because they can spend the money on an advertisement to 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 try to sway uh, people into believing something that is not true. All this is an advertisement. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. I'm so ticked off at that. Don't buy it. None of you that are on here listening do. None of you that have called in do because you know better. You know better. But we need to make sure that everybody else out there knows better and that we're not going to take it anymore. And enough really is enough. And 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 that's I, – I, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words. And, and that, you know I'm usually not at a loss for words. I am just so grateful for everybody that has called in so far. Um, and I, maybe it's time for us to start to read some of those message, messages. I mean, I've got one right here. Um, I'm not going to mention the name. Let me see. Uh, my sister was due in court over a month ago. This is two hours ago that I got this message and would have been released. She's still being held at Dr. Eddie Warrior Facility and is infected with COVID after her court date. All right. Free Crystal Carson, Carlson, please. Okay, so this is public, so I'm going to say that. Crystal Car- Carlson. Free Crystal Carlson, please. All right. Um, somebody else said, I know it's bad at Lawton Correction Facility because my husband is there, and not just him, all of them are going through it constantly being on lockdown. Somebody else says it's bad out there at uh, Northfolk. They have two pods of COVID there, then only out 20-minute shower and call. Food is not good, I feel, for our loved ones. Um, and, of course, we heard from Danielle Lanier, who is running for United States Congress. Um, she shared that I was there Friday for the protest. protest. The inmates told us another inmate is on life support. Other states have released nonviolent offenders, short-termers home. Oklahoma is behind the curve. Eh? Boy, oh, boy, are they ever. Instead, they're trying to find reasons to write them up and keep them there longer. Listen, nobody is suggesting, nobody is suggesting that, um, that um, if somebody has you know, committed a crime that they don't uh, pay the fair price for that, um, and, and, and that means 
whatever it is that's in the guidelines. We don't like those guidelines. We need to get in there and we need to reform them. And having this um, new uh, uh, nonprofit and how we set that up will allow your voices to be heard through Tina and, 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 and myself. It won't just be us complaining. It will actually be something that allows for us to speak on behalf of you guys. Uh, as long as can, can I ask yeah. something? Um, if people want to send in their letters from their loved ones um, that show the condition or tell the condition, and you know they're asking for help, we can use those as well. So if they want to email it to either one of us. I just want to make yeah. sure people need that. Yeah. This is terrible. I mean, everybody, I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but my husband is in it as well. And it's, you know, this stuff goes on, but this is the first time I've heard so many people speak on it. And thank you all so much for calling in. It means a lot, and I'm so sorry for what you're going through. Yep. Well, um, Tina, Tina, um, these um, rallies that were just put on this last couple of Fridays at Eddie Warrior, and um, she had a uh, a couple of uh, news people speak with her, and um, uh, it was just—I uh, guess it was just released today, wasn't that, Tina? Uh, what was that in the news? He, he just sent it to me today. He sent it to you today. Yeah. yeah. Didn't didn't exactly ask for your name to be used, but it happened. So. <laughs> it, no, it's fine. I told him it was okay. I'd prefer it a different way, but that's fine. And it is what it is. You know what? I'm not going to sit here in fear of speaking out anymore. I'm tired of being afraid. I'm tired of being afraid for my husband. It's time things got to change and people got to speak out to make that happen. So here we are. Yeah, here we are. I'm good with it. Um. Uh, I'm going to share, let me see, somebody shared something with me. Tina, while I'm looking for um, a letter um, that's actually from a guard or um, uh, or uh, something that, uh, anyways, while I'm looking for something that I would like to read, do you have something that you would like to read? As far as testimony from things that you've shared, if, even if it has to be anonymous. Um, well, let me pull this up. You know, and of course my computer's not cooperating. There, when we were at Eddie Warriors, both weeks people were hanging signs out their windows mm-hmm. asking for help, begging for help, screaming for help. And the rallies were awesome, and it's great when you can get 
people united for a cause, and it gets exciting, and everybody's, you know, orange lives matter. But when it gets quiet, it's so surreal because you hear, I heard a, a boy talking to his mother, asking if she was okay. I mean, it, it was heart-wrenching. The signs, some of the signs that were held up were ask Governor Stitt to sign commutation because he's still sitting on that. Um, sick and tired of being sick and tired. We need fresh air. Yep. God bless y'all. They were thanking us for being there. And one said, help on insulin and COVID. And so she, she's on insulin and she's got COVID, which <laughs> it, it um, uh, you okay? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you know that's that's we've got to make it stop. Like we have to make EOC and our legislators listen to us. I mean, going to listen to one voice, but with all of us speaking out together. Um, they're going to have to listen, period. And yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And that's, and so, you know, people just, they don't go out to rally. They don't go to protest just because that's their right. It is to affect change. Uh, it is to, um, it, it is to make something that's wrong right. You know, now whether it is not, enforcing the rules that are already in place, um, uh, you know, it, or, or for actually, um, um, you know, having an impact on better rules, better policies and procedures. Um, you know, it's, we're here not to just vent, not to just, you know, sure, I know us all being here together, it's support. It's important to know that we're not alone but it's not really – it is a support group, okay? It is empowering, but it is to gather the information, to, to take the problem and turn it into something that will no longer be a problem because we're all here uh, together. Um, I've got somebody here that's saying um, – uh, my husband's currently serving a life sentence for an assault and battery. The, quote, victim, unquote, did not press charges. He walked away from the fight, didn't show up for court. They've offered my husband a five-year sentence, went to court to take the sentence. The court told him that he was no, that uh, that was no longer an offer and switched his judge and DA. They forced him to go to trial and gave him a life sentence. He's Oh, my goodness. He served his first three years at Lawton, an SDG uh, security threat group, was segregated and got moved to maximum security in December 2019. We're currently waiting for the affidavits, and we have dozens of people waiting to fill them out and give you guys your stories. I'm listening now. 
Whoa, what a story that is. Um, wow. Um, wow. That is twisted. Isn't that twisted? And I'm not surprised, but I still can't help it but say, wow. Um, let me see. Uh, somebody else sent me a couple here. Um my violent, my fiance is being held on a nonviolent crime for popping a sprinkler. They aren't letting him shower. It's been six days, and he's only given three sandwiches a day. And every time me or his mother calls, they won't tell us anything. He's being held on a nonviolent crime while this pandemic is going on. This isn't fair. Let inmate Morris go. They won't release his information. Uh, to me or his mother, um, he's being released soon, but they won't tell us. Okay. Um, all right. So I just want to let everybody know here that um, your loved one who is who who is incarcerated um, can ask for a form. Now I'm not saying that uh, the staff is going to uh, uh, abide by uh, what they're supposed to. But they're 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 supposed to be able to fill out a form that can uh, name you as uh, somebody that their medical information is actually shared with. Okay, so that's number one. All right. Uh, so you're going to want to uh, pay attention to that, and especially if you move facilities, that likely um, means that you've got to refill out that information. You know, don't take for granted that information is going to be passed along. Um, you really can't take for granted any uh, that any of this information will be smoothly uh, transitioned as it should be. Um, and also, I would like to share that um, if you do have a grievance, if an inmate has a grievance, they in accordance to the Oklahoma DOC policies and procedures, have the right to ask for a grievance form. They have the right to do that without fear, okay, of retaliation. Only one grievance per form can be addressed. So if you have three grievances and you've got to make sure they truly, genuinely are a grievance, that is in accordance to uh, the policies and procedures of not only uh, a, a DOC, but as well as their constitutional um, constitutional rights. And I, that reminds me, I'll have to find that, and, and I, I want to read that off verbatim. Um, uh, that they have the right to get uh, fill that out, have a copy of it, keep a copy of it, and not be retaliated against. This woman uh, also, just she just said, every time he asks for a form, they never give him the information he requests. It's been multiple times now. They just don't care. My heart hurts so bad for him. Okay, so you're listening right now. I, I'm not going to mention your name, but I'm going to ask you to let me know what uh, facility this is, Okay. Please let me know what facility this is. We really do need to know this. Excuse uh, me, Tanya. I'm sorry. Tanya. Go ahead. Yes. Um, I'm getting word that P. 
people are trying to call, but they're not getting through. Okay. Marty did, she did step away a little bit, uh, but she's oh, back. I'm here. Okay. I'm here, but okay. no, Tanya, the board, is, we are slam full. I can't do anything oh. about that. So Okay. So that means that you can't get any callers in because no, the we board got, is full. Yeah. Okay. okay, so if anybody who is listening through the phone number, nine. okay, I, I tell you what I'm going to do right now. All right, anybody who wants to call call in, I'm going to ask you to call my phone number. And no, that's okay. That's all right. That's all right. You don't have to step off if there's a lot on. Um, I'm going to give you my phone number, and I'm going to conference you in, okay? My phone number. Uh, if I don't pick up, it's because I've got somebody on. All right. Um, my phone number is six zero three. Area code seven three eight four six two. Six zero three seven three eight three four six two. I want you to know um, if any for those that won't be able to make it on tonight because we're dot packed we're gonna we're gonna do this on tuesday if it's packed on tuesday we're gonna keep doing it on uh we're just gonna keep doing it okay and this uh you know and and what lawton and um you know uh uh um forgive me comanche county um uh, those cases will obviously still uh be told those stories will be told but right now we've got to address this because we've got this is an emer this is an emergency this really is um, so uh, nine six zero three area code seven three eight three four six two if you call me um, if you call me uh, I'll I'll, um, I'll conference you in I'm going to look for the calls uh, the woman just told me that it's Lawton the one that she just uh, that's been uh, sharing this with me. Okay, so that's Lawton, too. Oh, my goodness gracious. So they're not getting the forms. So if you're asking for a form, something that you have the right to uh, and to fill out, <laughs> if you're asking for a form, um, according to this um, person, uh, you're not getting it. Does anybody else have something to say about that? Anybody else? Um, 917 Four five two zero. I'm looking for uh, some of my other messages that I have gotten um, because there's a couple pages. I've got to check a couple pages uh, that I'd like to share. Arthur, um, what are your thoughts on everything that has come forward so far tonight? I'm curious to keep hearing it. Yeah. And none of it is surprising to me, especially about the property that, you know, they said that the inmate lost all their property when they were shipped from one prison to another. And in the private prison sector, if you don't understand the uh, grievance procedure, you're going to default on trying to grieve the loss of your property. Right. Right. And then they're just going to, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's just DOC pretty much established a lawless lawlessness. And that's got to change. Yes, it does. Okay, so I've, I've got something right now. Um, it's anonymous, okay? I found one of the things that I wanted to read. It comes in two sections, so bear with me as I switch between uh, one on one page to, to the next one. It says, Oklahoma, blah, blah, blah. 
hey, if you have, this is about the Oklahoma Department of Corrections. If you have family at Lawton Correctional Facility, uh, GEO in Lawton, Oklahoma, you need to report Lawton Correctional Facility officials to the governor's office and DOC because they, they're severely treating the inmates inhumanely daily. I am an employee at the Lawton Correctional Facility, GEO prison in Lawton, and I will not reveal my identity because of my job, but it's wrong how they're being treated daily. They haven't been able to shower in about five to six days. They're not getting fed 2,000 calories per day, maybe 800 at best. There's multiple cells without working water and multiple cells without cold water to drink, and the administration doesn't care about it because their motto is they're just inmates. Nobody cares. That's wrong to the highest degree. Inmates with no working water is is being forced to take a SHI, we'll leave it at that, in brown paper bags that they got from lunch, which is two tortillas and bologna. That's crazy. Some inmates, okay, I need to move to the following page uh, where this is shared. Um, um, Some inmates have still is being sexually abused daily by staff members and staff with rank as far up the chain as you can imagine. They're forcing inmates into involuntary sexual acts and giving them tobacco to remain quiet, and that's wrong. This has to stop. They are not allowing the inmates to properly clean themselves amid the COVID-19 pandemic, and that's not right. These people are human beings, and their civil rights are being violated daily by the staff at Lawton Geo Prison. They're all not required. There, there are, I'm just trying to read it as it's written, there are not requiring the staff to wear masks or gloves, COVID-19 pandemic. It's optional, and it should be mandated because us staff members leave daily, and the only way it will spread in the prison is through the staff, and they're not taking it seriously one bit. And it starts at the top of the food chain with the warden, and he's failing miserably because he's not doing his due diligence to make sure that the inmates are safe because he really doesn't care. And his negligence has trickled down to the food chain. This must be stopped. These inmates are human beings. Well, um, that is, you know, once again, this is something that has come to me as anonymous. Like, you can't tell who it came from. And, um, and you know, see, the thing is, According to um, Timothy Wolf, uh, there is a mandate it, it, that that they are supposed to all staff are supposed to wear masks, and uh, if they are not, they are supposed to you know be written up or, or disciplined according to whatever policy has been made um, in in regard to this, uh, but. The fact is that, you know, I attest to under the pain and penalty perjury by law that Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma, um, a representative for the Oklahoma Department of 
of uh, Department of Corrections told me on the phone that to contact with inmates are to wear masks. So why aren't they? Why aren't they? So, so let's talk a little bit more. You know, of course, we know all about the policy and the procedures, okay, um, that uh, Oklahoma has, has set into uh, their books, okay? But also, let's talk about the constitutional right of we the people, and it does, it does pertain to inmates as well, okay? Excessive force. This is the Eighth Amendment, okay? Excessive force. Excessive force, okay? Um, I guess being raped would be considered excessive force, wouldn't you say? Um, Eighth Amendment forbids cruel and unusual, unusual punishment. Probably the most important amendment for prisoners. It's been interpreted to prohibit excessive force and guard brutality. So I guess um, brutality could, could would be considered like taking a guard's mask, uh, an inmate's mask off, the guard's not wearing a mask, and coming up to his face in the middle of a pandemic and tell him nobody cares about you um, right in his face or whatever that was that was said earlier. So Eighth Amendment forbids cruel and unusual punishment. It is probably the most important amendment for prisoners. It has been interpreted to prohibit excessive force and guard brutality, as well as unsanitary, dangerous, overly restrictive conditions. It is also the source for your right to medical care in prison. Now, I want our listeners to know that don't already know this, that um, in medical care in, um, in Oklahoma in many uh, of the uh, facilities has been subpar long before this COVID pandemic struck. And I'm just wondering how many of you are nodding your head yes right now as you're listening. Because I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm preaching to the choir. But for those that don't know this, like I said earlier in this show, this has been the mask that's been pulled off. Yes, the mask that's come off. This is the, the Pandora's box that has, that's been opened um, and more are listening now because of the tremendous, massive, outbreaks and those uh and, and those warriors like 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 Tiffany Walton for listening to her call and and coming forward for those uh for the local representatives over there in in, in Taft um McGee being one of them um Tracy McGee being one of them uh, there were two others and goodness I wish I could remember their names because I would speak up right now um you know that when uh, Tiffany Walker did uh, reach out to them, that they they came to their post and 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 they uh, and they wanted to absolutely uh, find out what was going on. 
So excessive force is any physical contact by a guard that's meant to cause harm rather than keep order. Hmm. Okay. So violations of the Eighth Amendment. Just think about this. Excessive force is any physical contact by a guard that is meant to cause harm rather than keep order. So physical contact. Physical contact. Taking off somebody's mask. Um and uh, getting in their face and screaming things uh, to demean, uh, to to uh, to basically disable um, a person emotionally. Okay, uh, I would say that that is um, not to keep order, uh, because if this person was not causing chaos, is there a reason to do that? Okay. Uh, to decide what excessive is, um, the judge would need to consider, is there a need for force? Whether the amount of force was reasonable given the need. Is there a need? I bet you sometimes there are. Of course there are, okay? But we're talking about what isn't going right. How serious the need for force appeared to the guard whether the guard made efforts to use as little force as necessary and how badly were you hurt? Well, gosh, when you got your kick being teased out by a guard, you know, I'd really love to hear about, you know, the extenuating circumstances that might have led to that. Um, I'd like to hear about the extenuating circumstances that allows guard um, and, and, and even all the way up to the very top. Okay. Um, uh, to commit such crimes as rape. All right? Um, so uh, what do we need here? I think we need uh, body cams with audio for each and every person that comes into contact with an inmate. I, we just had, a, right, we just had a court ruling out of Ohio that's, that's requiring all officers in the correctional facilities to wear body cameras. Yep, I think that's a good thing. I'm very happy to hear that. So, you know, yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, I, that's, it, it needs to happen. You, you know, I mean, how much is it going to cost Oklahoma to defend all of these charges, right? Don't you think it would be a little less in the long run and maybe even the short run uh, to, um, to require this, including the warden if he comes into contact? Sounds like the wardens need to be uh, to wear uh, body cams. Uh, as well. Let's face well, it. Probably, probably they all they should. Probably afford, they all should. Yeah. If they can afford GPS bracelets for people who are in prison, then they can afford body cameras. Tina, mm-hmm. Tina, the telephone company that is contracted Segura's Technologies are the ones supplying the bracelets to the inmates, not they, mm-hmm. the state didn't buy those bracelets. Ah. Um, those are being provided by the uh, telephone service provider. <laughs> and, and the telephone oh. service provider, they, uh, they, they have been in some class action lawsuit in California. There's been several different things that were challenged, but, they were recording telephone calls between attorneys and the clients on the on on, on the collect you know on the phone on the prison phone system. Well, mm-hmm. 
they agreed in a settlement uh, with the plaintiffs, with the class, that they would refrain from invasion of the privacy with attorney-client relationships. Uh-huh. Well, even if they do, does this bracelet give them the technology to still eavesdrop on conversations uh-huh. that these people are having? Wow. They just paid $800,000 in excess of $800,000 for attorney fees in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to continue this um on on Tuesday. Uh we we've, we've got a few minutes. We've got a few minutes left here. Um we'll we're get making further a, into we're making we're going to make an open records request in the morning to DOC for the contracts that they that the bids for the contracts to provide services. We want to see if these are legitimate contracts that they've made with these telephone companies. Okay, I've got somebody calling in right now. We might ha- we might finish this out with one more caller, okay? We might finish this out with one more caller, so bear with me. We back? Huh? I wondered if we were back on. Uh oh, she got knocked off. Um, we're going to oh, go ahead and close. Yeah. There's about a minute and a half left. Yeah. Um, everybody, thank you for all the phone calls this evening. These shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit taking place annually in Washington, D.C. Uh, thank you again. Uh, this has been quite the show. And um, if you want to reach Tanya, it's injustice in Oklahoma, all one word, at gmail.com. And get a hold of her there. Tina, you want to give your emails also? It's okincarcerated at yahoo.com. Please email me, and I'm sending out the affidavits tomorrow. Okay. All right, I think that'll tie it up, and I think she isn't able to get back in and even say goodbye. <laughs> anyway, everybody, thank, thank you, you all so much. For listening. This is you bet. This has been a tremendous show, and we'll be back Tuesday night with more of Tanya Talks. See y'all then. Thank you. <laughs>